Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the, uh, you know, the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. We decided to come up with a bit of a different episode. So we asked uh, five plus industry leaders, what is one piece of health and or fitness advice you would like to give to the world and why? You can hear their answers shortly by tuning in. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Dana Cantera. I have a unique uh, perspective to speak on uh, the health space. I was previously a practitioner in the allopathic world um, as a PA, a physician assistant, and um, also spent some time teaching in academics here in Houston at Baylor College of Medicine and uh, frequently saw people coming in um, with different chronic diseases. Chronic disease management was one of my specialties and just uh, kind of waiting for me to tell them what to do. Um, having done no research or really taken no action upon themselves. Um, some of my favorite patients were the ones that would come in with research and say, hey, I've been looking this up. What do you think? And we could actually form a partnership in it. Well, about uh, 12 years into my practice, I had developed some autoimmune diseases and I knew what that path looked like. I knew it meant being referred to rheumatology and getting started on drugs. And I just was not willing to walk down uh, that path that I had referred multiple patients down. So I kind of started doing some research myself into the nutrition space, um, the vitamin space, which I know it sounds crazy, but those things are not taught um, in most medical institutions. And so it was really just me learning on my own. And within six months of cleaning up my diet and getting on some customized supplements, all of my titers were back within normal range. And that really opened my eyes up to what we are missing in the allopathic world and what the opportunity was outside of that into the holistic space when we really take control of our health. And so um, I retired from the practice of medicine to focus strictly on holistic health. Um, and my passion really is not myself being the expert. I want to encourage and empower other people to take control of your own health, be the boss of your body. Yes, you can consult with experts in this space, but it should be a partnership, 
never should you go to your doctor and just say, tell me what to do. Um, just being the boss of your body is my number one piece of advice. You are the CEO of your health and you can form partnerships with other people. You can collaborate with other people, but ultimately it is up to you to find the answers. Um, and it's up to you to reverse chronic diseases as well. They are not a permanent label. So I do a lot um, on social media. I run a group called Holistic Health Warriors. I really think everybody should be a warrior for your health and we should approach health holistically. And um, I work in a network marketing company where we focus on DNA genetics, um, some epigenetics, um, and customize vitamins and really empower people so that they know what to take. It can be a confusing space. And so I've really taken um, all of my training to try to simplify it and really teach people that you can take control of your health and it is, it's up to every individual to do it. It's not up to your doctor or your neighbor or, you know, somebody on TV. Um, it's up to you, but all the information is out there. And, um, even though there's a lot of information out there, it almost always goes back to common sense. It almost always goes back to just moving your body more, um, focusing on clean food that's been around for a hundred years, kind of avoiding stuff that you find commercials for and, um, and really just listening to your body. And so that would be my number one advice is be the boss of your body. This is Dr. Jenny Weiss. And the best health advice I could ever give you is to not eat food that isn't food. Food that is not food negatively impacts the thyroid. Our thyroid gland, a small butterfly-shaped organ at the base of our throat, is a master conductor, sending out hormones, which are messengers that tell the body what to do in order to live. Heartbeat, breathing, brain development, metabolism, bone growth, muscle movement, menstrual cycle, temperature regulation, weight gain, cholesterol, sleep cycles, mood. The thyroid is involved in all these processes and more. I'm a board-certified naturopathic doctor and founder of Holistic Health Circle. I have advanced certifications in reflexology, pain management, medical aesthetics, Alzheimer's, and herbal medicine. I specialize in thyroid disease and autoimmunity, and my doctoral dissertation was on addressing thyroid disease naturally. So what about the thing I said about food that is not food affecting the thyroid, one of the most important parts of our body? No, I'm not talking about artificial dyes, preservatives, and flavors. This audience already knows that garbage is not food. I'm talking about the food pyramid. There are whole groups of food in the food pyramid that actually are not food, according to the dictionary definition and according to human biological processes of disease. We all grew up thinking that these items were food and ate them daily. That is why I call these items foods that are not foods, because there is no such thing as a good food and a bad food. Either something fits the definition of food or it does not. What are these foods? First, let's establish a factual definition of the word food. Food is any nutritious substance that people or animals eat or drink or that plants absorb in order to maintain life and growth. This is copy and pasted straight from Oxford languages. The Oxford Dictionary is widely accepted as the most accurate dictionary in English. From this definition, we ascertain two characteristics of the holistic definition of food. One, food must be nutritious. Two, food must maintain life and growth. 
If whatever item is being discussed is not nutritious and maintaining life and growth, it is not food. The color orange is an example of this holistic definition concept. Orange must have red and yellow present at the same time. When you remove yellow from orange, orange becomes red. When you remove red from orange, orange becomes yellow. The holistic definition of orange is red and yellow. So what about human biological processes of disease? These foods that are not foods that are in the food pyramid contribute to intestinal permeability, molecule mimicry, malabsorption of nutrients, and autoimmune disease, which is our body attacking itself. It does not sound like maintaining life and growth to me. Did you know that foods that are not foods are nutritious? The foods that are not foods that I'm going to reveal at the end contain macronutrients and micronutrients. Macronutrients include protein, carbohydrates, fat, water, and fiber, things needed in large amounts in order to survive. Micronutrients include vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, enzymes, and phytonutrients, things needed in trace amounts in order to survive. The same nutrients found in foods that are not foods can be found in thousands of other foods. The foods that are not foods I'm talking about do not maintain life and growth. A textbook contains nutrients like fiber, carbohydrates, and minerals, yet eating a textbook will not maintain life and growth. There are many examples of items with nutrients that do not maintain human life and growth. If items we are eating are causing known diseases with overwhelming scientific evidence and the personal clinical experience of myself and many other doctors I work with, these items are not foods. Foods that are not foods cause intestinal permeability, the clinical name for leaky gut. The stuff inside of our intestines leaches through an inflamed intestinal wall that has become gapped. Parasites, undigested food particles, waste from bacteria, and toxins are just some of the things that can leak through our lumen, the lining of our small intestine, into systemic circulation, causing serious health complications. With Hashimoto's, Graves' disease, hyperthyroidism, and hypothyroidism, the thyroid is sick. Sick thyroid equals sick body. In years of clinical experience, the number one cause of a sick thyroid is eating foods that are not foods. You can learn more about how to address thyroid disease naturally in my thyroid master class. To get access to the master class, text the word thyroid to 219-327-8935. What are the foods that are not foods to avoid, which is my number one piece of health advice? Grains and dairy. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Julie and I have a Facebook group called Women on Keto. Many women in my Facebook group ask me, what's the easiest way to approach this diet? I always recommend that they center their meals around protein. It's good to aim for about 80 to 100% of your lean body mass in pounds to calculate your daily grams in protein. For example, if your lean body mass is 100 pounds, you'll need 80 to 100 grams of protein per day. 
I always like to recommend that most women need at least 100 grams of protein per day. If you meet that goal, your cravings for empty calories will be reduced considerably. Protein provides a low-carb and steady source of fuel throughout the day. So why is protein important? Protein is a building blocks for bones, muscle, cartilage, and skin. If you don't get enough of it, you start to lose your muscle mass and also your hair. If you have plenty of protein, you will stimulate muscle development, especially when you maintain an active life. A typical day for me is a breakfast of around one cup of egg whites, a whole egg, and a lunch of a bunless double cheeseburger, and a dinner of a salmon filet with some vegetables on the side. Muscle development declines as we age, so protein demand goes up even more as we age. We need at least 100% of our lean body mass in grams to support our muscle mass as we grow older. Why did I get into keto? I have vasculitis, an autoimmune condition that can be very serious if I don't keep it under control. A low-carb diet helps keep my systemic inflammation levels low, which keeps my disease at bay. What motivates me to stick to this diet? I feel much more energy throughout the day, and it's easy to maintain a healthy body composition. But my biggest motivator is keeping my inflammation low so that I can live a long and healthy life. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Amy Rochelle. I'm a naturopath specializing in food as medicine, fasting, and learning how to use your own intuition to really become aware of yourself, your health, and what you can do to really take care of yourself. So my biggest piece of advice for you, if I could say just one thing, would be to take 100% self-responsibility for your health, your mental health, emotional, physical, on all levels to say, I have the power to heal myself and to begin to investigate if this is new to you your own capability to do that. And if you're not well, it's understandable that that might seem far away. Yet I would encourage you to use whatever energy you have to listen to things like that, like this, and to use your power of receptivity with listening, as you're listening right now, to listen to your own body. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. To go inside of any pain you have or discomfort or even emotional resistance to taking care of yourself, let's say, whatever it is, and to really listen to your body, literally, like you are listening now. Go inside the epicenter of where you have discomfort. What does it say to you? What is your body attempting to communicate to you? And through this great capability and power you have to listen and to make choice, you can begin to take responsibility for the information, the biofeedback loop that your body is giving to you. Pain, discomfort, fatigue, whatever's going on with us is a communication system, literally and scientifically, a biofeedback loop that is coming from the messages in your gut, into your brain, that we pick up as information, literally. 
and through your capability to hear and to listen, you can begin to take care of yourself in new ways. And what's this going to require? Curiosity, willingness. We've got to want to be healthy. There's so many opportunities not to be healthy. We are programmed and conditioned for it, and we are disempowered to not know our own capacity for healing. Are you that powerful? Absolutely. And if you're willing, and if you want it, even perhaps if you're not well, there are all kinds of things that you can do. I would encourage you to investigate your gut health because that biofeedback system works properly where our microbiota, literally our gut flora, it provides messaging into our brain that we otherwise don't have. So through your curiosity, your willingness, and your 100%, not 99%, 100% self-responsibility commitment, then you can begin to investigate how to rebuild your microbiota. Okay, rebuild your microbiota so that your brain is getting a proper messaging system and it doesn't become alien or foreign, but you've got your hands on the wheel because you understand how it works. Break it down and study your gut flora and pretty much whatever you might be struggling with or you just want to come into peak performance and to build your resilience, your mental peak health, especially in these nutty times that we live in. Please focus on your gut health and your gut will begin to instruct you. Thank you so much for listening and may you take all your power into your hands and do what your gift is to you. Bless you. Hi, my name is Brittany Prince. I am a holistic nutritionist and one of the admins of the rapidly growing holistic health and wellness Facebook group, a community for holistic health professionals and uh, everyday people looking to live a more holistic lifestyle. I had one piece of advice (laughs) to give to people. I would say, love yourself. Let me explain. So when you begin to truly love yourself, you want to take care of your body. Uh, You want to feel good. You want to treat your body well. Uh, You want to do things that promote health. Um, When you love yourself, you want to nourish your body with the proper foods, Uh, you know, eating fresh foods, whole foods, things that make you feel good, things that energize you, um, not things that, you know, make you feel blah and bloated and gassy and all those things. Um, You really want to take care of your physical body. And when you love yourself, you want to move your body because you understand that it feels good. You want to um, be active. You want to, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean having to go to the gym for, you know, an hour and a half, five days a week or whatever, but you want to get outside. You want to be in nature. You want to go hiking. You want to dance, uh, you know, walk up the stairs, move, um, because you realize how good it makes you feel. Um you know, same thing that goes for sleep, right? Uh, you know, the basic things that I teach my clients, um, get adequate sleep is so important that helps repair our bodies. And when you love yourself, um, you know, you really want to get that sleep and, and, you know, feel good and wake up rested so that you can, you know, have an amazing day. 
you want to manage your stress when you love yourself because you realize uh, what a better uh, mental space you are in um, when you do things like meditation, prayer, yoga, calming things, spending time with loved ones, um, laughing, joking, things like that. Um, And then healing trauma is such a big thing. And I see this so much. I work a lot with women and uh, autoimmune disease, and I see these unhealed traumas so much from, you know, childhood and things like that. And when you love yourself, you begin to work through these things. And I have seen tremendous results in healing, like physical healing from healing the emotional stuff. Um, and it's really, really powerful. And when you love yourself, you have this positive mindset and you begin to, you know, do things that, uh, personal growth things, right? Like educate yourself on topics, um, you know, do things that really make an impact that change your life that, uh, you know, really can make a difference in the world. And, and you begin to think these positive thoughts and then more good things start to happen to you, right? Because we understand the, you know, the law of attraction and how the universe works. And when we put out positivity and we put out good vibes and, you know, we're, we're generous and, and all those things come back to us. And I really believe that that all starts with self-love because, you know, I can give you a diet plan. I can give you a, you know, a a set workout, but if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, if you're doing it just because you want to look a certain way or feel a certain way, you're not going to remain consistent and your results aren't going to last. And, but when you love yourself, like you want to do all these things for your body for one, because, you know, you want to feel good and you want to feel great, but then you also like realize like doing all these things, how much better you actually feel. So I know that that was uh, a lot and uh, it was all related to uh, nutrition and fitness. But um, if, if that would be the one piece of advice I could, could give to people is, you know, really love yourself, take care of your body, start caring about what you're putting into your body and your mind. Um, that is so, so important. Thank you. You've been listening to the Finding Genius podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. Before you go, I want to give a quick thank you to Amy, Brittany, Dana, Jenny, and Julie for their insights and contributions to this special episode. And I want to remind you, please, to help subscribe and like and comment and help us to get the podcast out to more and more people. I've been funding this myself for, um, wow, it'll be six years this October, but we could always use your help to get more great guests, more great episodes. So please help again, liking, commenting, subscribing, joining, donating, whatever you can do to help the Finding Genius podcast. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.